So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello. And welcome to 90 Day Fiance MK. I'm Mr. O, and today, Ms. H and I will be discussing Season 3, Episode 6 of The Other Way. In this episode, Kenny and Armando go to get final approval from the state, Ari tries her best to convince Benny she's coming back, Steven faces the fallout of a secret and also Alina's mom, Corey comes clean to Evelyn, and Jenny and Summit might have some new living arrangements. As always, we'll end with our Students of the Week, Class Dunces, and Life Lessons. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe. And if you also watch Love After Lockup, you should listen to our other podcast, Love After Lockup MK. All right, thanks for listening, stay safe, and enjoy. Hello, Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. How are things with you? They're going pretty good. We had an extra day for this. Um, so, <laughs> Well, because we had some crazy schedules. Uh, I know. Yeah. Mr. O is in the middle of coaching. Yes, I have. We had our last soccer game yesterday. So, well, until the playoffs start. But we're going to have definitely one playoff game. And because uh, at least in Maryland, everybody makes the playoffs. So <laughs> everybody's a winner. Everybody's a winner in Maryland. Eh, making the playoffs doesn't necessarily make you a winner. It just means everybody makes the playoffs. So like I said, <laughs> we'll definitely have only one playoff game and then we can move on and we should be able to do this a little bit better than we've been doing it recently. Right. So we didn't actually realize until kind of closer to Monday that we were going to be releasing late. Otherwise, we would have let you know before. Um, so we apologize for having a day late. But to reward you all for waiting that day, we actually have a rumor roundup today. All right. So Russ and Power taking a break from their marriage. Uh, their marriage has been strained since Ross lost, lost his job. It's another baby boy for Lauren and Alexi. Lauren, Lauren delivered early, but baby Asher and mom are doing fine. Nicole has finally admitted that she is no longer with Azen and literally no one is shocked. She has also gone back to school enrolling at State College of Florida. David and Annie are capitalizing on their post-show popularity by launching a line of cooking oils. And speaking of, Yara of Yara and Jovi has started her own line of makeup. Sinjin and Tanya have called it quits. Sinjin will be appearing on Single Life along with Colt's mom, Debbie, Big Ed, Natalie of Natalie and Mike, Jesse, who will be dating Jennifer of Tim and Jennifer, and Stephanie of Stephanie and Erica. Meanwhile, Ed is supposedly engaged to Single Life co-star of last season, Liz. There is speculation and rumors that Michael and Juliana are headed towards a split after Juliana posted a TikTok video saying she doesn't want to talk about if she's still together with Michael. Robert and Annie have welcomed another baby boy, Adriel, into the world. Mike of Mike and Natalie is rumored to be dating a reality TV star from Rock of Love bus, Marsha, a.k.a. Brazil. Angela of Angela and Michael has come out saying that she was drugged up and that's why she flashed everyone at the tell-all. Andrew of Andrew of Namira has lost his lawsuit against John Yates. Jeffrey of who knows what season since no one covered him and we all fast forwarded through his parts has been convicted of domestic abuse. Paul of Paul and Carini is continuing to overshare and recently posted online his STD test results and medical records of Carini's prescriptions, implying that she has herpes. Tiffany and Ronald are rumored to be broken up again. As Tiffany gets her groove back, she has shown significant weight loss after having a gastric sleeve surgery back in June. 
Oh, right, right, right. She talked about that in the tell-all. Yes, that she um, was going to have like, it. Okay. Do we know? I couldn't. Robert and Annie, how many kids is that for him? Good oh, God. gosh. It's a lot for him. It's their second. And she loves kids. And it seemed like he really only had full custody of Bryson. Right, right, right. Yeah. That's true. But that's the one that stuck out. Everybody else was like, people we thought were going to break up are broken up. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Juliana and Michael, yes, I didn't think. That was, that's one exception. Most of the other yeah. breakups were like, yeah, uh-huh. That makes a lot of sense. Well, Sinjin and Tanya, I think I was surprised that they had kept it hidden for so long. Sure. Because not to say that it escalated quickly, but it's like we find out like one week that they're divorced. And then the next week it's like, surprise, I'm on single life. Right, which means he was probably already filming stuff and everything. And usually with usually that comes out, Sinjin was seen with a camera crew, like, at a dating thing. I don't know. However they do it, right? Right, right. So that one, I think, was a little bit surprising. And also, I think Russ and Powell, like, yeah. after you get to a certain point, you're just kind of like, yeah, you guys. I thought for sure they would break up when she insisted on moving to Miami. Right. Right. You know, and the fact that they survived that, it's like, okay, now Russ lost his job and now you want to break up? Like, all mm-hmm. right. So Seems I like weird like, timing. Uh, it, it, it makes sense if, like, if anybody was going to break up, it was going to be pal, right? Like, Russ could take a lot. Like, we'll move to Miami. Yeah. All right, fine. As soon as, like, actually, I don't have as much money. And she was like, bye, get out. You're done. We're done with you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, but they have a baby now. And I think, like, everything is just different when you have a baby. It's like... I think people feel the obligation to try harder. You would think so. Most people do. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's go to the first couple. I'm going to go with the uh, one we didn't see much of, but they're also trying hard, and that's Kenny and Armando. So the wedding is getting closer, and now it's time to get the paperwork together to get the marriage license. So on the way, Armando says that he's worried there's going to be more like unforeseen roadblocks thrown in their way. Just like the time last year where they were denied their marriage license because uh, the state apparently did not recognize same-sex marriage. But when they get to the marriage office, they are pleasantly surprised. They don't even need that letter from human rights anymore. There was some weird loophole if I got a letter from human rights, blah, blah, blah. Because now the state recognizes uh, all marriages under any circumstance. Well, all at Mm. least same-sex, two-person marriages under circumstances. Which earns a fist pump from Kenny. So Armando kind of asked the guy working there, what's the why the change? And he says that it's it seems it was mostly a demand issue. There are a lot of people trying to get these licenses right now. So at the end of the day, it was just easier to instead of fighting these human rights lawsuits all so the time, it's to just be laziness. like Hey, if necessity is the mother invention, <laughs> laziness is its father. Like just yeah. But it was funny because okay, so and like how much do you buy it? Because the guy was like you know, I don't want to say it was Kenny and Armando that broke the camel's back, but it was cases just like that. So, like, how how much do you think their case specifically had to do with that? Because it was probably the most high-profile one, right? Mm, yeah, I would think so. But I also kind of wonder how high-profile is it in Mexico? I know – you know, we know in the U.S. that it's pretty popular, but sure. oh, it would be interesting if we could even see our podcast numbers for because we can see it based on location. I don't mm-hmm. know if we really have any one or a big following in Mexico. Well, that's also a language thing because right, we, right. we have like people from places where they speak English, basically, and yeah. and like weird other places in Europe where everybody speaks English too. But yes, I don't think it's a ton from Mexico, all things considered. 
considering how, you know, geographically close it is. But I right. wonder how much stuff they – how much crap they got from like Americans calling down there. Being like, what? How dare you not let this beautiful couple get married? This is insane. I don't like, know. I don't think anyone's doing that. Do you really think? I don't know. People are weird. And it only – the thing is, is it only takes like a dozen. If you had like a dozen people calling yeah, like every third I could third see day, that. They'd, they'd be, be like, like, oh my God, stop this. You're like, no one ever calls us. This is, <laughs> yeah. you know, now we're really busy. Let's just make this go away. How can we make this go away? Because I kind of got the impression that, you know, by them saying, oh, yeah – uh, you know, there seems to be more couples that are applying for this. Eh, I just don't want to deal with it. All right. Let's just let them get married. You know? So that's yes. what I'm saying. It seemed like laziness. Like, eh, we're too tired to fight this. Yeah, so I mean, just it, not. It certainly did. It, it was especially because they already had this known workaround loophole that it was like, all right, it's like there's everybody who wants to, everybody who wants to get married is getting married anyway. But now you have twice as much paperwork to make it happen. Like, let's just not do that. Right. Yeah. Well, good for them. I'm glad that, you know, that it's working out for them, that they don't have these barriers. I don't know why, but I kind of feel like Kenny will take this as being like, I'm trailblazing again because I feel like. Yeah, yeah. I feel like he wears that hat a lot, you know, and it's kind of almost self-proclaimed in a lot of ways, like. You know, I've been gay for so long and I've been there to fight for gay rights. And, you know, I kind of feel like he sees himself as a trailblazer. Yeah. And we don't really know much about his background in terms of especially activism. Yeah. What kind of activism he's been part of. So I don't want to like like deny him that. But I also don't want to be like, listen, I just what did you do? (laughs) that was brave. I came out. And then just lived my life normally. And right. like, I mean, and not that that wasn't hard and it wasn't scary and he didn't, probably didn't have a lot of that stuff, but it was like, I don't know if, how much credit you like actually get in terms of, in terms of difficulty, in terms of doing it. Yes. In terms of like blazing the way for other people and leaving a path behind you. Eh, I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the thing that I will say was he was probably one of the first is just, um, you know, being a single gay parent to because, I mean, his kids are older. So, I mean, that happened when 20 years ago. Oh, at least. At least. Yeah. yeah. And and that is definitely something where I'm sure in a lot of states they would Mm -hmm. not have given a lot of let him adopt any kids. Sure. Sure. But aren't they his? I thought he had a surrogate. Did he have a surrogate? Oh, I want to say they're his. Okay. Yeah. That could be right. All but right. Yeah, really short, really short with them this week. Yeah. Um, other short segments, uh, Ari and Binyam. So Ari is telling Binyam that she doesn't want to go, but she has to go. The plan is to be back in a month and she is sure to leave a lot of clothes as some kind of reassurance that she'll be back. At one point, Binyam had hidden Ari's passport and Ari understands that Binyam isn't acting like himself since this specific situation reminds him of his ex leaving him with their baby. Ari tells Benny that she has a gift for him, and she gets down on one knee to give him an engagement ring. Benny is taking Ari to the airport, and his heart feels heavy, as he says. Ari is having a hard time seeing Benny like this, but she thinks that this is the best thing for Avi, and she's kind of excited to see her family and introduce them to uh, Avi in person. They're at the airport and Binyam can't help but cry, and Ari asks him to call every day, and she will also call. 
Benny tells us that his ex said that she would be back too. So he can't help but feel like it's, you know, everything's happening all over again. Benny says it's been two years since he's seen his first child. And as he's kind of recalling this in the interview, he's just sobbing. He doesn't want history to repeat itself. And he hopes that uh, Ari will come back. All right. So at this point, if you were to give like a percent, what are the odds that you think Ari doesn't come back? Um, to odds that she doesn't come back right. in, in, well, I guess at all, like, right. I don't know. I, I would say 30%. Oh, interesting. I gave it a lot lower. I was like more like eh, 10 to 15%. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I, I, I mean, part of it is because, and a little bit because of the, 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 the preview we saw at the end too, is I mm-hmm. feel like Ari is a pretty impressionable person and if her mom Mm -hmm. and her family are telling her that this is what's best for the baby and what's best for her not even what's best for her what's best for the baby is that she stay i think she would be more convinced to stay she kind of gonna blow whichever way the winds are going and when she's in ethiopia and everybody's telling you you need to come back and you stay in ethiopia yeah she seems like she's more amenable to come back but i think she's an impressionable person yeah i also i agree with you i think that she might not want to live in ethiopia especially mm-hmm. after being in america for a month uh but what i can kind of see is if she decided that the best course of action was to bring Binyam yes, to America, I, yes. mm-hmm. I still think she would go back because that process is going to be long, you right. know, and I'm not saying that she's going to stay in Ethiopia forever because those would be very different odds for me. But I think that she almost feels an obligation to come back. So because she knows it would just be soul crushing. How is Binyam going to get over this happening to him twice? I just don't know if he could. I think she would consider it to be not doing the same thing if she was like, okay, well, we're, I didn't just abandon you and leave you there. We're going to bring mm-hmm. you over here so you can be with your family. You won't lose your right. family. Right. right? You're right. not going to lose your family. And that that is – that would be – that's where my, my 30% wasn't that she would do the same thing and leave and like abandon mm-hmm. him or whatever like his his version of that story is. But that it would turn into actually new plan. Let's move to America. Yeah. Like, and then try to make that happen before she came back to Ethiopia, um, which is better. But I don't know. It, it, it kind of like hmm, I worry about the guy because stealing her passport and hiding yeah. it was not a good plan. <laughs> no, it's not. It's very reminiscent of um, Andrea and Lamar and Andrea trying to steal his driver's license to try to keep him trapped in the Utah home because she didn't want right. to go back to L.A. It was like that was dumb back then. And so it, it's just such a like juvenile, like, like a kid. It like, it's like a six year old would, would be like, want to do that. I'll steal it. And when we'll be able to find it, and then they can't leave. Right. And they didn't think past that. It'd be like, well, what would they do then? Like, how would they feel? Like, it's just it, it, completely lacking in any kind of empathy. Yeah, but I think at least Ari saw it for what it was. It was just sure. desperate people do desperate things. And she recognizes that he's desperate and hurt. And he's really just he's not trying to hurt her. He really just doesn't want them to leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it, she wasn't too hard on him, but yeah, it seemed kind of crazy. Like, yeah. Ooh. And it, I was like, oh man, the way they cut that at some, some point, I was like, how long is this ramp? Because I felt like they kept cutting back and he was like at the ramp at the airport 
like uh-huh. holding his head and crying. And then like they cut back to her and I was like, she walked like two steps from these two cuts. Like, right. right. <laughs> which I'm sure he wasn't standing there that long and she was very cut. I'm sure they just cut two completely separate things in together to make it look like they were happening at the same time. But it was like, it looked so weird. It was like, oh my God, this is going to take forever. Yeah. They're going to keep cutting back to her walking up this ramp. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, their segment wasn't that long in terms of, like, content. But in terms of time, like, it was... Yeah, uh, it was significantly long. Yeah, because of that, because a lot of her walking away, a lot of him just crying at the camera. Yeah. (laughs) Saying the same thing. So, that's what what we get to this show. is like, that's why we're definitely on the record of saying this show should only be an hour long because yes. they, I feel like they were stretching a lot of stuff here right, to fill definitely. time. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to yeah, one of the more meteor couples this time and our, our favorite guy, Steven and Alina. Yeah. Oh, least favorite so guy. Least favorite guy. He's <laughs> definitely not winning. He's still losing points in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so Steven has just told Alina that he isn't a virgin like he told her. And this is the week we get to see her reaction. He starts by saying, he's sorry he's not perfect. So, Alina takes a big swing of wine. And when Stephen asks, <laughs> did you just drink that wine? Hell uh, yeah. She has, I think, one of the best comebacks we've seen on the show of her saying, did you just sleep with all these girl to girls? Yeah. Go, Alina. <laughs> so, anyway, mostly Stephen just sits there making a dumb face, just mm-hmm. the dumbest face, as she lays into him for being a total hypocrite. And he has a couple of weak-ass defenses that he tries at. But at this point, she she asks him for his body count. And he says that he's, quote, made out with over a hundred girls. God. Was, quote, more intimate with two dozen and had sex with four, uh, four or five, which, let's be honest, means five. Uh. <laughs> He just she, forgot one because yeah, there's like, so many. Know, like, like, yeah, there's so many. Like, oh, I don't know if it's four or five. Like, it's five, dude. If you're questioning between four and five, it's whichever <laughs> one makes you look worse. It's five. Yeah. So, she asks when the last time he was intimate with another girl. And he says last October, which Alina very much knows was after they started dating. He says, yeah, but it doesn't really count because we weren't really ready to be intimate. I said I wasn't ready to commit or be intimate or whatever. Anyway, then he gives us the details about in an interview about the last time, which seems to be a Disney Plus and chill situation since they watched Star Wars. But anyway, back to the wine tasting. Alina needs to step outside to process. So while Steven pays the bill and tells us how bad he feels, he comes outside to solve things with a hug. And she just walks away and he just – walks consistently two steps behind her saying her name all the way home alina alina stop alina we should talk but not actually into the home because she gets in and locks the door behind her (laughs) so later steven is eating breakfast and alina just like breezes past him and walks out the door without a word she's going to pick up her mom from the airport and as steven cleans his apartment he just thinks you know right before mom visits was maybe not the best time to tell spill the beans about his big secret So, on the way to the airport, Alina is trying to decide exactly what she wants to tell her mother. So, when mom Anna gets there, she tells us that she wants to get to know this Steven character better because she's only known him for a few days. She wants to know how the relationship works with open eyes. In the car, Alina makes some comments about Steven not sticking to his commandments without getting into too many specifics. And Anna jumps all over this, saying that now that the rose-colored glasses are coming off, so, you know... Maybe you should come back to Russia. (laughs) So back at the apartment, Stephen tries to win over mom by giving her a gift of Turkish chocolates. He's hoping that Anna doesn't 
know, doesn't, hasn't told, doesn't know what he told Lena yesterday, but he's got a trick up his sleeve to impress her. He speaks Russian, which she already knew, but he claims always wins over Russian people. So they have some of the chocolates and after a lot of weird, like a long time, this is one of those stretchy situations where everybody's like, mm, mm, mm. Oh, gosh. Steven giggles and brings his gift for Alina, which is a weird red cat purse that is hot red like hot fire because she's hot. Anyway. Ugh. It's weird explanation of it. It was very weird. Anna starts in with the with all with uh with with the going in on him. She asks him about all these other girls he's been seeing. Anna seems to think that Stephen is goofy as hell and that this relationship doesn't seem all that serious. But Stephen is still doubling down, saying that he's all in, intends to get married, and would like to get her blessing. Anna thinks it's too early for that kind of talk, and then says she's tired from the flight and goes to bed where Alina follows her. Behind after the door closed, we can hear her say that Alina's prospects don't look too bright. So <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to start with what I literally texted you during the episode. What is Steven's line between making out and more intimate stuff? And notice I didn't ask what your line was. <laughs> I asked what Steven's line is between more intimate and making out. Oh, my gosh. Um, so I think to him, making out is just kissing. Right. Right? That's what Heavy I assume. kissing. Yes. Right? Sure. Um, I think more intimate would be a fast array of things because there's a big there's a lot of things that can happen right there's a big range of things that can happen between kissing and actual sex so uh, i don't really know what he was thinking but i'll tell you what i was thinking was (laughs) i think his interpretation of it is you know, pretty much no insertion is anything else. Yes. So that intimate. could be yeah. anything. That could be blowjobs, oral oh, of any kind, yes. fingers. Yes. Yeah. Any anything involving hands and mouths and everything. Yes. Right. Um, yeah. So I don't I don't think he's a I don't think he's a like anal doesn't count person though. I think Oh God. <laughs> I don't think so either. Um I don't know. I, I just – I can't imagine the kind of girls that would fall for his act would be like, I don't know, girls that are just like, okay, we've slept the first time, anal. Right. True. Right? True. So – because these are the ones that are falling for his like uh, dopey, innocent act. Oh, this is his dopey, innocent, we'll just watch Rise of Skywalker. We'll just take right. him and him just like trying to cuddle and then trying to get a little bit closer and then, right. you know, reaching of that. That's his move. That is clearly that guy's move, right? Yeah. And so I guess, I guess my question was, is like, what, where does he count like undershirt action? Is that, is which line, which side of a line is I that I don't on? think that's making out to him. To him. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't I don't even really to be honest, I don't think it really matters, does it? It doesn't matter at all. <laughs> I was kind of shocked like you've made out with over 100 people like How old okay, is he? How 24, old, like, I want to say? I, I think thought, he's 24. Okay, so if he's 24, that means he's got a solid what 9 years of making out, 10 Possibly, years of being generous, I have no idea. right? Sure. Right? So you're talking like I guess that's like 12 girls a year, like yeah. one a month. Like, 
Yeah, I guess so. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say that it's not. I mean, because at some point he's had to have had a girlfriend or someone that he's more consistently making out with that lasts more than than one one month. month. Right. Yes. I would think. I would hope just because, you know, how do you have zero relationship to, oh, yeah, I'm going to go marry this girl that I've only you know, met for one week. I I mean, I guess they're kind of in line with one another, but it just seems like an extra bad idea. No, because it seems like up until if we're doing that way, up until that point, he's not been interested in staying with anybody in particular. He's always been like, all right, on to the next one. Right. Yeah. But then he also doesn't know how he is in a relationship because maybe the reason why he hasn't had a girl for more than a month is because he's a creep. Okay. <laughs> He's a creep and he can't no one can hold his attention. That, and I so can see that he, too. Yeah. If he has attention deficit when it comes to relationships, it seems like a big gamble to go straight from attention deficit to marriage. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just yeah, I mean it it, it was I don't know. It was it seemed like it did seem like a lot. And especially cuz I thought he was going. He said I thought he was going to say he he'd be like yeah, hundreds yeah, I, of girls he had sex with. Well, like, he, he said, I made out, he made out with over 100. I was like, whoa. And then he said, and there were about two dozen. I was like, two yes. dozen? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I was the same thing. I was like, holy <laughs> hell. How could you just conveniently forget that? Honestly, I wouldn't even be surprised if it was like, yeah, two dozen that he really did. And he's just hiding it. Because he's it's just like, hiding it. what like, the hell? Like, okay. And, and that I listen, I don't want to pass any judgment to numbers. I don't I don't I'm not a big I don't care. Right. It's not about mm-hmm. anybody's actual numbers or anybody's. Wow. No, two dozen is a lot. You're slutty, but like to do with it's, that. It's the fact that he's making he's like, I'm so chaste and we need to stay. We yes. can't even sleep in the same room. And right. he's like been banging one girl a month. Well, yeah, and okay, yes, I absolutely agree with you. I'm not trying to slut shame anyone, like whatever, Mm -hmm. two dozen people at 24, sure, like that's fine. But the problem here is you won't even sleep with your current girlfriend, (laughs) right? (laughs) And you're trying to like, you know, make it out to be this whole like, oh, well, you won't be accepted in the church if you have sex. It's like, well, you're in the church and hoeing around. Like, what? How do you explain that situation? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I definitely am curious that a, a little curious is like definitely was very intrigued. And I was surprised she wasn't more intrigued. It was like, no, no, no. I asked you a specific question and I'm going to need more details of to what, what these three categories go into. But I mean, at the end of the day, it didn't. It, and that's one of those things that when you're in Alina's situation, a lot of people tend to want to know and good on her because you were right. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. What no. matters is that he's being a total hypocrite. What matters is that he's like doing that. Now, how many people he did, how many things with doesn't matter. That's not really no. the salient point here. Right, right. Oh, great. It's the hypocrisy that bothers me about this whole thing. Like, yeah, whatever, you know. Yeah. But um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you who came off looking strong in, in, in light of all that was uh, was Alina's mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alina's mom is like, uh, she's a quirky character. Like, at she least is. looking at I her. I can't figure out how old she is. She's not very yes, old. Yes, because she looked older than grandma. But I think it's just how she like presents herself is, you know, it's oh, yeah. like, yeah, like her haircut, her glasses, like. Yeah, but then she does the haircut and glasses and wears like the ripped like jeans and like the other things that are more, way more yeah. youthful clothes. Right. But it's, yeah, but I mean, I just liked her, you know, we, we always appreciate when we get a nice, gruff, blunt person like yeah. who just comes in as like, this man is weird. 
this relationship is fake. <laughs> you should come back to Russia. Like, <laughs> I love that she's saying that to Lena in Russian. Like she didn't give a crap that Steven yes, can understand I love, what she's I saying. I love the fact that like in a normal situation, that's like, you know, they were saying this in Russian so that he can't understand right. what she's saying. But she uh, basically acknowledges, I know he can hear what we're saying and I know he yep. knows what we're saying and I'm going to say it anyway directly yeah. to you in love front of it. him. <laughs> oh, Alina's mom. All right. Uh, let's move on to our other couple in crisis, uh, Corey and Evelyn. So Corey tells Evelyn that he's going to go look for jobs, but Corey's actually going to visit Jenny, who lives an hour away in Ecuador. How Corey had left things is he told Jenny he needed closure with his marriage and she was understanding that he had to leave. But then Corey just ghosted her. Mm -hmm. He meets with Jenny and they both hug each other. Jenny thinks that Corey is trying to clear things up in person. Corey tells her that he's sorry and that he's had serious feelings for her. She agrees that their relationship was real and beautiful, even if it was short lived. Jenny says he wasn't honest with her from the beginning, and Corey tells her that he never lied to her, but Jenny said that he was married, and that's not really single. So, yeah, it's kind of lying. She also would never be the other woman. Corey tells her that Evelyn and him were working through things, and he hopes that she wasn't waiting for him. Jenny believes they would have been together if Corey hadn't been married to Evelyn, and she thinks that he should be honest and sincere with Evelyn about their relationship. Jenny excuses herself from her meeting with Corey because she has another date. When asked if Corey still has feelings for Jenny, he tells us that, you know, he has feelings for her as a person, but his heart and love belongs with Evelyn. Corey later has a sit down with Evelyn and says he wants to come clean with everything that happened when they were separated. He acknowledges the rumors of a girlfriend and he tells her Jenny was his girlfriend and it was serious. Evelyn asks why he's telling her now after he's denied it the whole time and she starts crying. Evelyn was told that it was a four-day thing and she had convinced herself that Corey's alleged impotence was a result of him not being over her. Evelyn is not buying his excuse of being depressed and calls him gross as Corey defends himself saying that she said it was okay for him to be with other people, but Evelyn says that she is mad about the lies. Evelyn doesn't believe that Corey truly cut lies with uh, ties with Jenny. Evelyn doesn't know this Corey, and she thinks that he's horrible. Evelyn tells him to take his stuff and leave. She hopes he suffers and gets eaten by mosquitoes outside. <laughs> Evelyn is tired of the lies on lies and tells us that she needs a divorce. Evelyn proceeds to text Corey that he is a piece of garbage liar and to forget about her. Evelyn is crying, and she doesn't know why he decides to tell her now after they've already started planning a wedding. Evelyn says the reason she told Corey things were over before is because she was hoping to light a fire under his ass to do the things that he said he would do. And he's the one who came crying, coming back. Corey was unable to sleep in this or was able to sleep in the spare room after all. And Corey is still hoping that he can fix things with Evelyn. Evelyn can't even look at him as she cries as Corey says that he hopes they can work it out. Evelyn doesn't think he regrets anything and it doesn't show and she just doesn't believe his lies. She doesn't think his apologies sound sincere. Corey had sweared on his dead dad that he was telling the truth. And Evelyn is sobbing and Corey is at a loss because she never cries. Evelyn feels trapped because they had told her family. So they won't want her to get a divorce now. But she has no trust in him. Evelyn says that this is the last time she will talk to him. Okay, so do you really think that this is the last time Evelyn will talk to him? No. 
Uh, no. And it's because she already pulled that crap with the, oh, I told him it was over, but it wasn't really over. I just thought if I told him it was over, then that would make him do something that I wanted him to do, right? Which is like, yeah, that comes out to bite you in the butt when people actually take that to mean it. they think it's over, right? And mm-hmm. so, I think she's kind of doing the same thing. Like, oh, no, you need to do more. I'm never talking to you again. And it's a hope that he'll do more instead of actually never talking to him again. I don't know what she wants him to do, though. Yeah, I don't see it that way at all. Um, I kind of, as weird as it is, I kind of see where she's coming from. Um, You know, I never thought there would be a day where I actually empathize with Evelyn in this situation. Oh, no, and I, 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 I do. I just don't. I just, when she gets upset and she talks, she doesn't necessarily really necessarily mean what she says. I think she says things that she's feeling right then. And hasn't like really thought, do I really want to never talk to him again? Or is that just what I want to say right now? No, no, I agree with that. Um, But okay, here's like my perspective on the whole thing. I know that Evelyn was frustrated with Corey not doing all those things because she continuously told us, right? She was very frustrated that Corey has not learned to speak Spanish. And so by her saying, you know, like, hey, like it's over. I don't think that... It was as simple as her saying it was over. I feel like there was more to it. Her saying, hey, you haven't done any of the things that you said you were going to do. And, you know, I just can't do this anymore. It's over. And if she didn't tell him, you know, like, these are things I need you to do in order for you to be able to come back, then, yeah, it's kind of on her. But mm-hmm. I can see her, you know, saying it's over to kind of light a fire under his ass and be like, yeah, you need to learn Spanish already for the hundred millionth time. Yeah. And then Corey takes that to mean like, oh, well, I can't do that. Like, I guess it's just over. And then her kind of sitting back being like, I guess he's just going to accept like not doing anything. Right. And mm-hmm. then he comes back at some point and is like, oh, I want to work things out. And then sure, like short term memory loss, you know, like, oh, OK, well, I missed you. Pandemic crap is happening right now. Sure. Let's get back together again. And then until she realizes like, oh, you know, like things are not fixed or different. Right. It didn't actually change anything. He just like is here now. It was like Mm -hmm. closest person to me. Pandemic. Let's go. Right. But it was was funny that you mentioned the Spanish because I thought he was doing okay on Spanish at the beginning. Right. It was like, oh, that's more Spanish. And I feel like I've ever heard him actually Mm -hmm. talk in a row when he was talking to Jenny. And she was immediately like, get out the translator app. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, and Evelyn, like, she can at least speak English, right? So Jenny has a harder time. It definitely seems like a backslide with Corey. Like, eh. yeah, I don't. And that's something I don't get. And I've always seen it before, but it's usually people who are at least able to meet and talk to each other through online portals where there's this automatic translation. Like, yeah, like he said, he like picked her up in a bar. Like, how do you. Start a relationship with someone at a bar that you literally can't talk to. <laughs> like, I understand how you hook up at a bar with somebody you can't talk to. Right. I understand how it becomes a relationship. That's what's weird to me. Yeah. No, I am going to agree with you. And I'm actually kind of surprised. Why didn't he go back home? 
You know, why is he in another country trying to pick up some other girl in the first place? Because you're a cuckoo clock. (laughs) That was aggressive. (laughs) Sorry about that. Um, I'm surprised he didn't go back home because he met Evelyn in the U.S., Mm-hmm. So it's not like this is, you know, your typical couple on this show where they went out of their way to meet someone in another country or, you know, some situation like that. It was like, oh, no, I met this person at home and she wanted to move back to Ecuador because she didn't like it here. And so he followed her, you know, like that was their situation. But, right. you know, it, I don't know. It seems weird that he would want to date someone and stay in the area when he wasn't with Evelyn anymore. Yeah, I think I I thought the Peru thing was more like just, well, in case, just leaving my options open, leaving my Ecuador options open because I feel like, I don't know, at the time, you you know as well as anybody, the the passport and the visa situation in terms Mm -hmm. of even visitor visas during COVID and, you know, lockouts have been just crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. And so – I don't even know what that because I could totally see it being a case where you can get in here from Peru, but you can't get to Ecuador from the U.S. So if he goes back to the U.S., then he's like locked out of Ecuador and like all the options are closed. But he goes to Peru, and now why did he then you know go on the prowl in Peru and like trying to hook up with people and get a girlfriend? Yeah, that's a, that's a different story. Yeah, I just I don't see where he's coming from at all. It, like everything he's done doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Well, no, nothing he's ever done. It makes sense. He's a dummy. He's really dumb. I don't know why he doesn't come across quite as dumb at first glance as some of the other dummies, but he's really a dummy. You know what I think it is? Is because everybody looks at Evelyn and is like, she's just really mean to him. She's like a raging bitch, you know? And and I'm not going to say that I didn't think that – at some point as well, just because I'm like, wow, she's really mean to him. She, It's like, if you don't want to be with him, just don't be with him. Just don't be mean to him. Right. Right. And in this episode, <laughs> I kind of was like, I get where she's coming from. This is like tough to deal with all the time. Like, it oh, is. God. And it's like, what you did you think that? Why would you do that? You dummy. Oh, my God. And yeah. it's like. And especially the part, the part that I really emphasize, empathize with her the most was she was like, you waited until I told my parents we were actually married? What yes. the shit, man? Yeah. What the hell? Uh-huh. That's nuts. Knowing that her parents were going to be like, no divorce for anyone. No divorces. Divorces are not things we do. Like, that's just cruel. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I do feel bad. She She does seem like a tough cookie to me, too. Mm-hmm. You know, and so to see her cry like this and he said he's never seen her cry like, you know, I it did. It softened my heart for Evelyn a little. Bit. Sure, sure. And I've 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 definitely been around, uh, you know, a lot of women that just don't cry. And like mm-hmm. and so when they do cry, they get like angry mm-hmm. because they're like, you're not, not supposed to cry. You made me cry. Mm-hmm. No, like what the shit, man. Like and it's like and I think she was probably that, too. Like I've also known people who. Don't sad cry, they angry cry. Yeah. And so she was on that on that kind of zone where it was like it was just like that reinforcement of I'm mad and it's making me cry and that makes me mad because I shouldn't be crying and I'm mad. And like it, it it but I don't I think he might have been underestimating how angry she was and under overestimating like how sad she was. It makes me feel bad. Oh and then he said that crap. He said something like, well, it's just really hard to know that you're the one who caused somebody else to feel this way. And it's like, you know what it is? 
Or was it him that Steven said that? You know, it's worse than that. Being the person that feels that way. I know. Stupid. Oh. <sighs> anyway. So now let's move on to other stupid plans. And yeah. that's uh, with Jenny and Samit. So we're already getting the teased family counseling session with uh, Jenny, Samit, and his parents. Samit hopes that his mom will find peace, but Jenny thinks, seems to think this is a pipe dream, since basically every meeting she has with them is just a shit show. So, uh, Sadnan or Anil, his parents, are already there when they get there. So, Ushma, the counselor, starts things off by asking how it feels for them to see Jenny and Samit. Neither of them can think of anything to say that's positive, especially because they are basically like, oh, she looks old and I don't like it. <laughs> so... The counselor seems to be on the right track, though, and she refuses to pass judgment on the relationship because of the age difference, telling them that they really have to be here to look for a solution, even though she acknowledged that, yeah, this age thing is a very culturally sensitive issue in India. So, Anil starts on a kind of random tangent. He says, all right, fine, your relationship is great now, but what about when it ends in five or ten years? Where will that leave Jenny? Some old hag left to live on her own? And where will that leave Samit? A way too old bachelor with no marriage prospects? Jenny seems to miss the point, I think, of what he was saying. Maybe I missed the point. <laughs> and thought that Anil was talking about how in ten or 15, 5 or 10 years or 10 or 15 years, she'll be too frail and senile to have a relationship. But they just seem to be talking past each other because it's, <laughs> Jenny says something to the effect of, well, after Samit, there's not going to be anyone else. And uh, Sadna seems to think, well, if you're going to be with somebody else in 15 years, why not just break up with them now? <laughs> Why are we prolonging this? So they worry that after Jenny is gone, no one will marry or have children with Samit because he'll be like 50 years old and that's just unheard of. And that means that there'll be no one to take care of him when he's old because there are no old folks homes in India, according to them. So Jenny just goes kind of goes into her resign mode right now. Like, why are you even here? This is dumb. And you're just going to end up doing whatever your parents want anyway. So – he kind of goes, you know, the therapy thing, you, you know, your opinions are your opinions, but maybe we could do it with less anger and like yelling and nastiness. And the counselor seems to support this decision, saying that nobody can come to a resolution if they can't even be in the same room together. So same room together, that brings up Sadna's new plan to make this marriage palatable for herself. Well, at least that's what she says. Uh, they'll just move in with Samit and Jenny uh, <laughs> so that she can teach uh, – Jenny, how to be a proper Indian daughter-in-law. Oh, and then maybe goodness. if she learns that, they'll be okay with the marriage. So we come back later to hear more about this plan, uh, which Samit is uh, visibly reluctant to have to translate for Jenny. Jenny says her first instinct is not just no, but hell no. <laughs> and the producers ask Sadna where this idea came from. And she's basically like, oh, it came out of my ass. So <laughs> she, she wants to stay attached to Samit so that and then that's get and she doesn't want him to go away. So living with him is the best way to stay the closest attached. Samit thinks this could be a good opportunity to show his parents how much he actually loves Jenny. So he's pretty warm to the idea, thinking at least it's a chance. Jenny can't believe this is a thing that might happen. And he's just <laughs> trying to keep calm for now so that she can have a fight with him later where she's not in front of his parents. So later on to have the fight – Jenny and Submit sit down amongst a troop of monkeys at the temple of Hanuman, the monkey god. So Jenny starts off excited about all the monkeys around, but that's going to change soon. <laughs> anyway, she brings up the mom coming to live with them and he seems to be like, 
well, you know, we've tried everything else. We might as well do this. And it's funny. I mean, this whole time he seems like, we'll get to it. But Jenny thinks this whole idea is just a nefarious plan to make Jenny's life a living hell to scare her out of India. Plus, she doesn't want uh, new people just moving in her house and telling her what to do. So, eventually, she reasons into how much she's already given up to him and how much she's being actor sacrificed now and wonders why Submit never seems to have to give anything up. He thinks and convinces Jenny that this is going to be an opportunity to make things work that he just can't turn down. But at the end of the day, she still thinks that they want her out of India. And then two monkeys start fighting and they run away. (laughs) (laughs) So, I guess my question is, I think he was trying to hide it, but on a scale of one to ten, how excited is Summit for this plan? Uh, like a ten? Yeah. He's so he's excited for this. Super excited for this he plan. He gets to have his mom live there. He gets to have his mom kind of like whip Jenny into shape as he sees it. Uh, yeah. He sees it as a chance to win his parents over. Uh, you know, for him, this is like, you know, his second chance. Like he's really into this. Yeah, but what is he going to do in terms of his second chance that's going to make it better than the first or zero? No, he's with, doing nothing, right? He's doing nothing. He, he doesn't nothing. think that he's part of the problem, right? No, no. He just thinks everybody else around needs to adjust to yes. all the other people. But what right, needs to happen right. here? I need to change nothing. Jenny needs to get more used to my parents. My parents need to accept Jenny. End of story. I, yep. I am just going to keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah. And it's just funny. It's funny that he can't see because I'm on pretty much Team Jenny as to what this was really about. Yes, this is right. 100% about I feel we're like going it's about to sabotage. torture this woman. Yes, we are going to sabotage <laughs> this relationship and get this woman out of India. Like, right. that is 100% what it's about. And the fact that he can't even, he was just like, well, no, you can't think that my mom would want to do something like that. That's crazy. Right, no, right. no, no, no. She just wants the opportunity. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> No. Oh, dumb, dumb submit. So dumb submit. Oh. But that's always been his problem. It, it, his problem has always been like, my parents aren't selfish. They're not, you know, underhanded. They're not doing anything. Everything they do is what they honestly think is the best thing for me without mm. even considering their motives at all. And I was like, dude, where, what what planet are you living on? It's At some yeah. point, I feel like we all learn that our parents are people. Right, who have flaws mm-hmm. just like everybody else, and he doesn't seem to get that. No, he really doesn't. And I think like another thing is that he just gives them too much of the benefit of the doubt. Yes, right, and just doesn't really think at all. Like, and I mean, even when it's blatant and in front of him, because they have, they have been rude to Jenny in front of him, mm-hmm. and he's just kind of like, oh. You know, so I can understand they Jenny's just, they frustration. Just care a lot. They just care a lot about me. That's, yeah. I mean, so you can't, you can't, you can't just fault for being passionate. Come on. Like, yeah. And so I don't, it just, I can't, it just seems like the worst plan. <laughs> I know. It's an awful I mean, plan. And it was funny because I mentioned this before. Oh man, back when I was married, like when like my mother-in-law would come over and it was like, and, and I liked her. She was great. But. Man, if she was there for like a week, at the end of the week, I was like, get out of my house. I just need you gone. Right? And I can't imagine somebody you don't have a good relationship with being there just indefinitely. It sounds terrible. Yeah. It sounds like an awful idea. So I'm team Jenny on this one. But yeah. when am I ever team submit? That's true. That's true. I mean, 
I, I would be, I'm team Jenny in that it's going to be terrible for her, but it, mm-hmm. Jenny just needs to, she, we, we both have acknowledged she needs to be like, listen, we get married in three months or I go home. End of story. Yeah. She's kind of incapable of putting her foot down and following through if yeah. it means her not having submit. So I don't know. Yeah. She's very she like, keeps saying weak. things like that. Well, you said you would marry me. I am going to marry you. It's like, you said that really. five years ago. Like, yeah. like you, you haven't married me yet. I'm going to. There's no, there's not much runway here left for that man. Right. You know what? I also realized kind of quick fashion note about her is her lipstick in some of the scenes make her look like a clown. Like she needs someone to like show her flattering well, colors and stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's also because her skin is super pale. Like she's yeah. very, very pale and she picks pretty bold red, which is like, that's a clown. White face, yeah. bright red lipstick, like right, and her blue eyes. I think that combination, like I, oh, because she has such light. Yeah, so she has such light features everywhere, but she really can't go with a really deep, crazy red. Yeah, yeah, because it, it kind of. I thought at first I was like, is she wearing like blue eyeshadow? I was like, no, it's just her eyes are blue, and it just like blue up there, right? So it's like that in combination with the red lipstick. I'm just like, oh, girl, please. <laughs> All right, so um, that's all we that's have everybody. with our couples. Yeah, we, so who was your student of the week? Uh, my student of the week was Alina. Um, Alina, okay. Alina, because I thought she got some very disturbing news. Mm-hmm. Um, she handled it, I thought, fine, like in terms of how people can handle things, like, you know, telling him what she thought very clearly and then being angry somewhere else. And I also actually appreciated that she didn't just blabber to, blabber to her mom right away. Yeah. Because that's one of those things that she really does need to consider if she wants to stay with him. Because if she does want to stay with him and she told her mom, like, that's he's that's never – that's a forever problem. Like, right. And we've talked about this before several times on this podcast. You know, it's mm-hmm. like you can't just expect – that you tell – confide everything into someone else and them not have some kind of judgment about that person. Right. Right. And if it's going to be somebody that she needs her mom to accept at some point down the road, like there would be no – put it this way. He, he does say he was looking for a blessing. There would be no blessing any, under any circumstances <laughs> right. if she told him, right? Yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, so my student of the week, I said, was Ari. Um, we talked about how this was an impossible situation last week. There mm-hmm. is no way that she can really reassure him that she's going to come back, that right. he would truly believe. But I thought she made a pretty good effort, sure. you know, by keeping all her clothes there, by giving him like matching engagement rings. I think these were all showing that she considered his feelings and she wasn't just like, well, you just have to live with it or just keep on telling him, you know, he she was right. actually thinking about, well, how how can I maybe show him that I really have every intention of coming back? Sure. Yep. Yeah. That sounds good. All right. What about your nuns? I went with submit. Um, just, <laughs> okay. Just, I mean, we talked about all those reasons. Like, he's clearly excited about this terrible plan. Like, and it was funny because at some point, Jenny was just like, we're just going to end up doing whatever your parents do. And the first thing they suggest, he's like, yeah, yeah, we should do that. Like, he just, he just keeps doing it over and over again. He's just a yeah. dummy. Yeah, so dumb. Uh, so, my uh, dunce is Corey. You know, it's just like, oh, my gosh. Why are you lying to Evelyn about mm-hmm. seeing Jenny? 
Yeah. And I get that it's for like, you know, legit reasons. But how do you think she's going to feel when she asks you when's the last time you saw her? Oh, remember that day I told you I was looking for a job? I actually went to go break things off with Jenny then. That's going to be a whole other, you know, can of worms. And you're like, God, Corey, you're such an idiot. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just it, it it does. It is a struggle with like. When it's like there's something someone needs to know and they know, they acknowledge, they're go- I'm going to have to tell her this eventually. Yeah. And and I get kind of like I was looking for the right time or things were going good. But like the time when they ask you directly, all right, now spill everything. What happened? That's the right time. Yeah. <laughs> the first time they do that, <laughs> that's all, that's the right time. And like – so yeah, he's very I'm, – I'm on board with you. Just very dumb. And like yeah. I'm not even sure like Jenny like – yeah, yeah. I, why he had to go see her in person to do that? Because it wasn't even like breaking things off with her. No, altogether. she got the she had, hint. She knew. Yeah, she knew. Yeah, it was she knew up. it was already over. Right. Yeah. Dumb. Yeah. All right. Uh, what about your life lesson? All right. So um, monkeys are scary. <laughs> <laughs> like they seem very cute, and like so. So if you can avoid a place where there's just like monkeys who are trying to eat the food from you, you. Probably should, especially like those big city monkeys. Like, yeah, don't feed monkeys. Don't feel wildlife at all. But I get that yes. it was like the monkey temple. But yeah, I would just stay and don't feed wildlife and don't be surprised when wildlife that gets fed gets aggressive. Yeah. I mean, fair. I think that happens like everywhere, right? It's like yep. you, especially when you go to another country, when they have animals that you don't necessarily are used to seeing. Yeah. Like, um, you know. Yeah. When you go to your certain parts of Europe, how there's a ton of dogs on the street, right? Sure. And um, they're actually pretty smart, you know. But it's like people just are, oh, so cute! It's a dog. It's like those dogs will bite you. Like they yeah. have no problem. Like yeah, they might see them all docile and cutesy and like walk alongside of you, sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah I, they I, will bite you. I literally had – so there's two stories. One that reminds me of when I was going out like to do that. Like I was out for my last run and a duck ran with me for like 100 yards because it was just <laughs> like, hey, you got food? It's like ran with me, right? But no, and I literally saw like a, a – how oh, was a clip on the internet today of some dude who tried to pet a warthog and got gored. Like he was holding the phone like, here comes a warthog. I wonder if I can pet it. And it's like, oh my That's god, you so idiot. dumb. No, you cannot <laughs> pet it. My goodness. All right. So my life lesson is towards Corey and Evelyn. Uh, If you're done, you're done. There's no point in having some kind of last conversation. It's pointless and unproductive for everyone involved. I think that goes towards Jenny and Corey and Corey Mm -hmm. and Evelyn. You know, it's like you're done, Corey. Why did you have to meet this person in person? Like there's no reason. And then. Evelyn, are you really done? Because if you are, what's the point of having this last sit down with Corey? Is it all because the production is insisting? Because that's mm-hmm. the only pass I will give you for this. I mean, I kind of get – I get Evelyn's more than I get Jenny's. Because I get mm-hmm. – yeah, we don't need a debrief of a relationship when it's over. Like, that's, right. that's fine. Like, that doesn't help anybody. Like, it, it's, it's just dumb, right? Yeah. But I get hers in that her kind of sitting down and being like, this is it. What do you want to say? Because after this, I'm not talking to you again. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to answer your phone. Don't bug me again. Don't bother me. Say it all right now. Like, and it's more of like just this is me giving you the chance. I'm not, and, and But the thing is, is he should be smart enough to be like when someone says that to you, they're not listening to anything you say because they don't care yeah. what you have to say. Right. It doesn't matter. Right. 
Yeah, definitely. Okay, so uh, we will be back again uh, next week. As far as we know, this train is still chugging yeah. on ahead. I wonder oh, if they'll actually wonder. Through? Yeah, I wonder if they're going to have an episode on Halloween. Now that I'm thinking about it, because it's on the Sunday. Eh, I mean, Halloween's a holiday. It's not really a holiday. <laughs> oh, I know it's not a holiday. They they take off like they usually take off on like Super Bowl Sunday too. Like, it's a Sunday where they think people won't be by the TVs. Sometimes they'll just put not put an episode on. Yeah. I'm just curious. We'll find we'll out see. when we get there. We'll see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Until next week, though. Uh, All right. We'll see you soon. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Good.